0: I come from a land. So this is going to be episode 521, take two of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Now, the reason why we're doing this part again, the whole show is not going to be different, but I do have to clarify some stuff that's really important to clarify because on this episode, I titled it The Drama Down Under. Now, I have to say... That title is appropriate because there is some damn pinball drama going on down there in Australia. And you know my Australian brothers and sisters down there. You know I love you. I wake up. I love the fact that these guys are up when I'm up at like 4 in the morning. They're the only people in the pinball world I can talk to. But here's what happened to me. Yesterday, someone shared some text messages that were insinuating that Pinball Sales Australia sold people multiple Guns N' Roses machines and and they took $500 to cut the line to get those multiple machines. Now, since seeing those text message chains, I have learned that that is all BS lies, that that stuff was almost, I think it was completely fabricated. And it just, it really annoys me that I bid on this because I should have smelled this crap from a mile away. And the, the part that annoys me the most is that someone went through all the trouble to create that entire thing, send it to me, and and confirm it as being accurate, and this and that. And I'm just here to tell you right now that I've followed up with Paul, I've followed up with some of his customers, and Paul did not sell anybody games that uh, they weren't supposed to get. He didn't let anyone get multiple games. He didn't let anyone cut the line. In fact, what I did here is Paul's had a list of people who wanted Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition and he went down his list in the order in which he received inquiries about the game and that's how he did it and I don't think there's any other fair way to do it than that and so as far as I'm concerned all that other stuff that I got is total BS And part of me just wants to out the person who sent me this stuff because I'm so annoyed that they did it. But then I did a little bit more digging around this individual and it turns out that he's like some crazy dude in the Australian scene that everyone knows is kind of crazy. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want another crazy pinhead coming after me now because the whole thing, the whole thing is so stupid. So you can be rest assured that nothing shady went on down with pinball sales Australia. So for those of you on Aussie arcade forums, there's nothing really to see here. It's every go about your life as usual down there in Australia. But the other crazy thing that I saw too, and this this one's even weirder to me because Wayne at Mr. Pinball listed a Guns N' Roses collector's edition for sale on his site. Now I heard that it's subsequently been taken down, but that was up there like he listed it for sale for 39,000 Australian dollars which is like $27,000 US. Now all of a sudden that listing has been taken down and I never said that he got his game from Paul so I'd never said that but it's just weird to me like is Wayne just messing with people by doing that and he probably is and once again I took the bait and I bit and I talked about that, but who knows if that's happening or not. I mean, Wayne used to be a JJP distributor years ago. This is the hottest game right now in the world and does he have one and is he gonna sell one? Now, what this did do was open up the debate about what will a Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition be worth on the secondhand market and I'm gonna air the rest of the podcast as I did it, but I just wanted to clarify those two things. And I'm also gonna say for the record, I'm just going on the record right now, I am no longer going to cover any drama of what's happening in the Australian pinball scene because what it did this weekend, and it showed me that it doesn't matter where you are in the world, whether it's Australia, the United States the UK, wherever there's pinball machines and wherever there's pinball collectors and wherever there's people that feel they got burned or they missed out on something, there's so much drama and animosity that follows this damn toy around. And it's just like, I don't want any part of it. And I should have known better. Why did I jump into this damn storyline? Absolutely inane of me to do that. It brings no joy to the damn hobby. And it's just, oh, it's so crazy. I mean, I was hearing stories as I was trying to get more information around this tale how, like in Australia, if you get a machine and you got a machine and someone else didn't, people will stop talking to you. Like, literally, people will stop talking to you because you secured an Ellie Stern and they didn't, and they'll stop talking to you. I mean, we're grown men, we're men, we're, we are man children who are buying these toys, and there is just no way that these damn pinball machines should lead to stuff like that. There's no way people should be fabricating conversations and sending them to me and, and confirming them as being accurate when they're 100% lies. What, what is wrong with people? I really lose faith in humanity and I got to stop taking people at their face value of what they say around this stuff because you know what? It's just, it's just crazy to me that someone would do that and try to like throw a company under the bus and then use me to do it. Like, come on. And I'm, I'm mad at myself more than anybody. I'm so mad at myself. So I apologize to Paul. And so you can go about your day and we can talk about the real stuff in pinball, which is what the rest of this podcast was about. So you're not really missing much, just a little Australian drama that is not even real. Um, but I wonder if Wayne does have that game. That's the one part I wonder because he does have a Magic Girl for sale. If you want Magic Girl, he's got one for like over $20,000, so you can go buy that rare machine from Wayne. Anyway, guys, here's the rest of the podcast. You didn't miss much. We'll be back with normal conversation. We'll stop talking about the drama later. All right. So here's another thing I want to talk about on this episode of Canadian Spinball Podcast. I want to talk about playfield quality because I've seen this post still pop up, this thread still pop up on Jersey Jack and Stern's playfield quality. And I want to let all of you know that this is a topic that we should never let go, that every new game that comes out as a community, we should do our due diligence and share with the community the quality of our playfields. And I keep saying this because this thread's been around for a year. So if you open up a new inbox game and you have play field issues, you really have nobody to blame but yourself because we as a community, and a lot of this started on Canadian Pinball Podcast, we as a community should share, we should overshare and over-communicate what the condition of each game is that leaves the factory because it shouldn't be a guessing game. And right now, there are two new games out in the wild. There's Avengers and Guns N' Roses. And I'm here to tell you right now, I have not seen many photos shared of either in terms of their playfield quality. So what I'm calling for people to do is share their photos of their games and if you don't have an issue, please share that I mean, it's just as important for people to share their great play fields as it is their bad ones Sometimes it seems like only the bad quality games get all the attention and then, you know, we keep sharing the one image the one image of the Avengers with the guide uh, scraping the clear coat off or the one image of a Guns N' Roses with a little bit of like a, a, a bubble by the post but unless we see more imagery, we can't tell whether or not the problems are being fixed at the manufacturing level. So I implore all of you who have a Guns N' Roses, please share photos of your sling posts and show us the quality. You know, I will say this. I reached out to someone who had a game on location and I asked them to share their Guns N' Roses post. And you know what the response was? I don't want to get involved with that. Like, what does that mean? you don't want to get involved with that like you have the game share it and so that leads me to believe that maybe there is an issue with the game but even so like if you're afraid to show that your game has a quality control issue because you don't want to upset the manufacturer or the distributor who gave you the game are you kidding me share it with us the only way we're going to make sure these companies improve their quality is if we all collectively share what we've been given and also we hold them accountable when things are not right to bury it under the carpet and not share this stuff I think is wrong. So that's what I'm asking everybody to do. And look on Stern's front, they make so many games, and I think they have three different vendors for playfields, so it's going to be a little bit of a crapshoot. You're not going to know you know, who made which playfield, where it came from, and so we'll see what happens there. I mean, I saw a guy had a shooter lane on his Avengers. Did you see this? His shooter lane had like a black box in the middle of the shooter lane where they pressed the wood together, and it was like clearly like it looked like maybe there was a burn mark there or they dropped something there and they repaired it there. It's still smooth, but it just looks a little off and there was a raging debate on whether or not that ever should have left the factory, whether or not that should go into an LE game. Would you want a game that has wood that looks so off compared to everyone else's? You probably would not. Should that have gone into an LE? Probably not. Should Stern have sent that one back? Probably they should have, okay? But this debate will continue to rage on. But I do just ask all of you out there, let's not let this debate fall off and let's overshare images of your games because that's the only way we can hold these companies accountable, okay? And the last thing I would hate to see is that Guns N' Roses is having any play field issues. Now, I will say this. I just saw people share images of Willy Wonkas that were built in August of 2020. Willy Wonka, August 2020 build, and there's a lot of pooling under the post. Now, is that a new playfield or is that leftover stock that might have been an old Wonka playfield that was made when they were having the pooling issues? See, I don't know. I don't know what the build date is on the playfield itself, but I do know this. If we're seeing that on an August 2020 build of Wonka, that has to make you somewhat nervous that your GNR might have some issues, and the best way to clear our minds will be to see the games that are out there in the wild. And there are a ton of them out in the wild right now. So let's take a look and see how the quality is. Now, the other thing I want to say, and the reason why I took like a week off is is just like lately, my, my God, you guys are in these threads looking like a bunch of babies of late. And it takes everything in me not to do a Pinside Babies episode again because I saw someone complaining I mean this on pin side. They were complaining that there was not enough songs in Guns N' Roses. Not enough songs in Guns N' Roses. 21 songs, full length songs, and this guy's complaining there's not enough. There's been so much bickering inside these threads, and I just want to say this for the record. What if, what if Jersey Jack Pinball, Stern Pinball, and Spooky Pinball, what if those three companies all of a sudden are making one of their best games ever? And I think that's where we're at right now. This is the best spooky game we've ever had in Rick and Morty. This is the best Jersey Jack game we've ever had in Guns N' Roses. This is one of the best Stern games ever in Avengers. I mean, if you guys voted Iron Maiden, the number one Stern game of all time, this game blows Iron Maiden away, all right? It does. And so what if instead of complaining about each, and what if instead of liking one makes you have to throw mud at the other games, what if all of you... Just stop being losers and running into the other company's threads to throw mud at the games that are great. All three of these games are great, and all three of them are great at different things. They are. Like Rick and Morty is one of the greatest theme integrations of all time. It's one of the greatest callouts in pinball history, okay? Is it the best pinball ever? Absolutely not. I still think it doesn't shoot that great. I still think the geometry on it is really lackluster. And I think the lack of toys in the game is problematic. And here's the thing. Here's the problem with like, where we're at with Pinside. Is, like, it's all or nothing. Like People either say it's the greatest game ever or they slam it. But the problem is in some of this, there's a middle ground in which I think people have a hard time giving constructive criticism of games that can help these companies because you know right now it's like i would love to say here's some things i think they should work on for their next game because i think scott denisi definitely has some feedback that is important for him to grow as a designer but he's probably not going to get that because he's either going to hear he he made a perfect game or he's going to hear the game is horrible and neither of those is true it's somewhere in the middle okay But if I were spooky, I would look for a way to like not always have the shots so tight. I would look for a way to make the geometry smoother. And I would look for a way to instead of having posts, like all these bricking off of posts. I would put targets or think about a different way because I just think their games, they do brick too much for me. And I do think this game would have been better if the shots were opened up a little bit. And that's just my feedback on the game. Everything else about the game, it's gorgeous, it's colorful, the call-outs, the music, so much of it is done so well. Uh, But that's the feedback I have and also the code. I think the code could be a little bit deeper. I think you kind of run out of stuff to do pretty quickly in the game. But you know, if you love Rick and Morty, You're going to love this game. And, you know, same thing with Jersey Jacks Guns N' Roses. If you love GNR and pinball, this game is going to blow you away. If you don't love GNR, this game's still going to blow you away. It's just that kind of pinball experience. And there's so many people out there arguing for or against this game that have not played it. This is how dumb Pinside is these days. Imagine arguing what's going to be the best movie of the year. And you have two movies that are like the top dogs. And nobody's seen either one. And everyone's in the forum arguing about what's going to win Best Picture this year. That's what it's like arguing which is going to win Best Pinball Machine this year. Most of you haven't played either one. So why are you in there arguing for or against either one of these games? What if I told you they're both great games? What if I told you I think GNR will take it because it does more new? It does more stuff that has never been done before in pinball. And that's why I think GNR is easily going to win game of the year. But that doesn't mean that Avengers isn't a great pinball machine, okay? Now, personally, I can't wait to shoot in Avengers. I can't wait to jump on it. And until I do, you are not going to hear me like say like negative stuff. The only thing I can critique is maybe the artwork or maybe the code, the stuff that I've seen. But even the reason why I don't even want to do that It's because you can't critique a machine watching a stream of it. I'm sorry, you can't. I see people trying to critique GNR because of streams and Avengers because of streams. Streams do not give you 10% of the experience of playing these games. And so now we have an entire forum full of people that haven't played this stuff, that have so much opinion about it. And it's exhausting. It really is exhausting. And I spent the entire week just reading Pinside and being like, this site is a pathway to depression. It's a pathway to depression. This will make you down and out on pinball. We should all be really excited about the caliber of games coming from these manufacturers, and then you go read the site that's supposed to be the people who are excited the most, and they will get you the least excited about this thing. It's time we turn Pinside off more and more. Just read This Week in Pinball. Just listen to the great pinball podcasts that are out there. We're the ones that are excited about pinball. We're the ones pushing pinball. To get better, to, to, to capture our excitement around these games. It's, you know, that's sight. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't get it why people wake up and they, they just have to complain about everything. You go into a Guns N' Roses thread and it spirals into like a Keith Elwin thread. Like, wh- how are we talking about Keith Elwin's merits in a Guns N' Roses thread? When did the moderators decide to just take off all time and not even moderate any of those threads? Nothing's moderated. Nothing is uh, on track. Nothing is focused. All right, let's talk about some some positive stuff. So if you own a Monster Bash or an Attack from Mars or a Medieval Madness, you need to check out Brian Allen's new inner art blades for those games. I mean, I just saw his inner art blades for those games, and they are phenomenal. And Brian Allen does incredible work. I mean, I'm still waiting for the day that Brian Allen gets to do a machine from top to bottom, just you know, the whole thing. He just gets to do the art package. And we've seen bits and pieces. He's done Translites before. He's done Inner Art Blades. But definitely check out his Inner Art Blade work. If you have a Chicago Gaming Company game, I think you're gonna wanna throw those things into your game, and they look stellar. They look stellar. Well, speaking of expensive price flips on pinball, this is amazing. So if you go on eBay right now, if you go on eBay right now and type in pinball and search by highest price to lowest, some collector out there, someone who has bought almost every single new in Stern machine over the last few years is now trying to cash out on some of the most popular titles, and the prices are insane. I'm looking at a Ghostbusters LE for $35,000, an Elvira Signature for $35,000, a Diamond Beatles for $31,000, a Batman Super LE for $29,000. There's all these Beatles diamonds editions being offered another one for $30,000. This is a joke. A Deadpool, a Deadpool LE for $25,000. Who is this guy? Let's let's click on it. Hold on a second. Let's click on this. Let's let's out this this crazy seller. So, this guy is in Carlstadt Carlstadt, New Jersey. So, who is in Carlstadt, New Jersey that has all of these games that they are trying to sell? And their eBay name, let's find their eBay name is bets one enterprise bets one enterprise this guy has ridiculous prices on all these games and I don't know you know this is crazy to me who bought all these games and is trying now to flip them for two to three times the price I mean ultimately he's doing this just to get the attention and will probably just accept the best offer off of eBay but a $35,000 Ghostbusters LE so the other thing that I think has been permeating the entire hobby because of COVID is that prices are going up. And this is something that people, I always hear them say, prices are going up. It's getting crazy. It's an impossible time to sell machines. And then I see Greg Bone selling a beautiful Judge Dread for like $3,300 and it's gorgeous. And look at the toys in that game. And if I, I look at Judge Dread, and it's 3,300 bucks and this game, if you look at a Judge Dread right now and I get the code is shallow. If you look at a game like that right now and you look at everything that's in it and all the physical stuff in that game, that game looks like it would be a $15,000 game if Stern made it today or Jersey Jack made it today. And you can go get that game for $3,300. And it just reminds all of us that if you stop with the new in-box hype train, there's still a ton of amazing pinball out there without breaking the bank. I mean, think about it for a minute. You can go get all of these old classic games that people still enjoy and love. If you were to take like twelve five, yeah, you could get one Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition, or you could go get three or four great games that people really love and and not have to worry about all the hassle and, and trying to keep it perfect and this and that. You just enjoy pinball. And sure, there's a lot more games for sale right now. It's a seller's market. It is not a buyer's market. It's a seller's market but i don't know if there's more games now for sale than there usually is i mean there's no way to really measure any of this right there's no like auto trader for pinball sales where you can actually measure and look at the data of how many of each title is up for sale at any one moment in time it's all over the place what i do know is this pinball is growing people are getting into this hobby more and more COVID has definitely made more people think about their home game rooms. It's a really good time to be in this hobby. We have three of the best games from three of the top manufacturers out and available right now. That's a great thing. So it's a good time to be in pinball. The other thing is this is the last thing I want to say because I'm just looking down a little bit. I had, I had a few mental notes. The last thing I want to say is this. If you order a Guns N' Roses, you're going to have to wait. I really think people who ordered this game thought they were going to get it on a stern time frame. You are not getting your Guns N' Roses as quickly as you would if you ordered a Stern machine. I mean, the fact of the matter is this. It's still a small company. There is no way they can make like 250 games a week. That's what Stern makes a week. There's just no way they can do it. You know, I'm watching all these people unbox their Avengers LEs and it's amazing how quickly they are arriving in people's homes. You're not going to see that with Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition. They're not all going to make it out in two weeks. I would, I would say you're not going to see all the CEs unboxed until like first quarter, end of first quarter 2021 and LEs as well. Like you're just not going to see that many go out each week. It's a small company. Now there is one issue, right? It's like now they're taking non-refundable deposits on these games and you don't get a time frame of when you're going to get your game. So this is also going to be something that's going to be interesting to follow is, does that make sense? Why would you lock in a non-refundable deposit on a GNR LE, which they're making 5,000 of them. They're never going to be hard to get. They're never going to be hard to get. Why would you lock in your money now? when you could just wait until it's either available or wait to see if you might want something else in the meantime because if you put in an order right now and the rumor is they they sold over 2000 LEs so if you start to do the math on how long it would take them to make those 2000 LEs let me pull up my calculator right now and do this math so let's say jersey jack let's just say they make 20 games a day so let's just say that's a 100 games a week so if they sold 2000 Divided by 100 games a week, which is like 100 games is a lot for them. I don't know if they're even at that number. 2000 divided by 100. Do I need a calculator for this? That would be 20 weeks. That would be 20 weeks just to make all of those games. So that's five months just to make the LEs. That's not any standards and that's not any collector's editions. Now, I'm also hearing that they might only be at 60 games a week. So let's do 2,000 divided by 60. I do need a calculator for this. That's 33 weeks. That's 33 weeks. So that's a long time away. So look, I just think you're going to need a little patience. The game is worth it. But I think everyone needs to realize that you're not going to get your game that quickly. I keep hearing all these CE owners like, when am I getting my game? Should I get an LE? Look, this is part of Jersey Jack's thing. It's, it's a longer wait. They've never had this issue. They've never had this many people clamoring for one of their games right away ever before. So I think, you know, if I were them, you're going to need to hire more people. You're going to need to staff up. You're probably going to want to do two shifts of making these games, like a day shift and a night shift, and just keep making them. Now the challenge there is you gotta keep the quality up at the same time. You know, you don't want the games at the night shift to be of lesser quality than the day shift. But I will say this, Guns N' Roses looks like the easiest game to build for them ever. If you lift the play field on it, it's definitely, definitely much more efficient to build this game than any of their previous games. I think screwing this thing together is just a lot easier for the people on the line, and that's a good thing. Because, again, the experience of it is so wow that I don't care what's under the play field. It is really what's on top of the play field, and the moment you're in front of that machine is magical, and I can't wait for you guys to get it, but you're going to need patience. All right, so this has been episode 521 of Kaneda Spinball Podcast. And finally, a final shout-out to Mr. Craig Hughes who donated to Canada's Patreon page. Thank you so much, Craig, for your donation. And if you're listening right now, and you have not contributed to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Bubba is very mad at you. He's very mad. And all you got to do is go to Patreon, look up Canada Pinball, and make a donation. You know you want to. You know you should. And it's time. It's time to do it. Later, everybody.